What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, Black Friday edition, Hale Varsity Radio on the road this morning. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are at the bar. The bar, the bar. You know it, you love it. 16th and P, come on down. We're here 9 to 11, your pregame tailgate spot. Seth and Allie are already, I think Allie's into some kettle chips right now, which is impressive. Uh, we are streaming live, can watch us, can find us, can interact on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, on ESPN Lincoln's Twitter. And I am not playing bouncer today, but I am secured between the doors behind me is the fabulous beer garden here at the bar. Elijah Herba will be by later to show off his dunking skills. Hold on a minute. No hoop? The hoop's gone? Okay. Liability issue, so so no air uh, Jordan reenactment from Elijah, who's back in studio. Uh, Elijah, happy belated Thanksgiving. Good to see you. We are loaded up. It is Nebraska. It is Iowa, and uh, this is going to be a good day for Nebraska. That's my gut feel. Predictions coming up. Claus Burton, he's imaginary. He wears red. He'll be with us at 1045, Brandon Vogel at 1030, live from Utah before Colorado, Utah. Gary Barnett will give us his take on Iowa, Nebraska. Uh, That starts off hour two. Scott Docterman uh, towards the end of this hour, and we'll check in with the incomparable Mark Cranach uh, coming up here a little bit after 915. Numbers to get in if you roll it into town. If you're into town, if you're on your way down to the bar, can join us at 466-3776-4673776-800-825-5865. Can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com and uh, be sure to find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence. For Elijah Herbal, and of course, uh, watch us follow along on the ESPN Lincoln Twitter feed. You can give your friends here at the bar a uh, follow as well. Uh, do that. Uh, their Twitter handle, uh, real easy to remember. Uh, it is at the bar, the bar. Elijah, uh, I see a, uh, you know some chalk artwork up here. Uh, underneath the Bud Light sign, it says Foley Hust. Mm. It, it doesn't get much more serious than a battle for Supreme Corn. Brennan says, good morning. Let's have ourselves a day. Should be a good ball game. Nebraska favored by one. We're all excited about the Logan Smothers show today. Yeah, and if you aren't drinking your Bush Lights in the corn cob cans, you're, you're doing it wrong today. This is the <laughs> battle for Supreme Corn. Uh, that's how you got to get your pregame rolling down at the bar of the bar. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's Logan Smothers' time to, to take over the offense. I think we had a show earlier this week titled, uh, uh, was it The New Era or something along those lines? I, I apologize. for The Smothers Show. It's fine. We had, the Sm- we had the Smothers Show on Tuesday. Then we had a Monday show, which was, uh, I think, The New Era Begins or something like that. 
Anyway, uh, what I'm trying to say here is it, it's time for Logan Smothers to, to prove himself and to say, yeah, I am ready to run this offense next season. I am ready to be the guy to step up if Adrian doesn't come back and, and be the starting quarterback next year. You don't need to bring in a transfer. You don't need to bring in a guy to come beat me out. I can go be that guy. That's what Logan Smothers has the chance to go do today. He gets to show it against Iowa. And, hey, Nebraska's favored. <laughs> They are favored. Uh, I, I took 20 points last night, not the the two I gave you with Mississippi State, Ole Miss. That pained me to watch. At the end of that second quarter, three drop touchdown passes. Yeah, that was. So the, the race is still, Elijah is now owed a steak and a beer, but we'll get even. Well, we'll get even tomorrow somehow, some way. So uh, come see us. We're here at the bar 16th and P, the bar, the bar, incredible spot. You know what you love it. We're here after for Real Red Reaction. Should be a bit of a roundtable uh, with a lot of the folks that have done post-game tailgates with us here at ESPN Lincoln. 16th and P is where we're located. A little chilly out. Should be 61 and sunny. So was talking with Mitch Sherman a little earlier on the KFOR morning show. And tickets are hard to get for this ball game. Uh, tickets are, are they're falling into enemy hand, hands is where I'm going. And you're going to see a lot of black and gold in the stadium. A chance for Iowa to clinch the West with a little help from the boat rower. Yeah, uh, tickets hard to get, actually. Very true. I have friends that are in town this weekend, uh, and they were struggling to find tickets. Uh, but the student section, where you might see some uh, some open seats, still definitely a lot of student section seats available. Uh, they're actually allowing students to buy two extra tickets this week and bring in friends if you wanted to to be able to fill up that student section. So I'm expecting some empty seats at the top of the student section. But elsewhere in the stadium, yeah, it's a it was a, a hotter ticket to find. Maybe everyone's just looking forward to, to seeing what Logan Smothers can do, right? No, I, I think so. And and let's not kid ourselves. Part of it's Logan, and part of it is the super seniors. Mm. Part of it is uh, maybe a farewell to Adrian. Uh, part of it is it's Iowa, and you're kind of sick and tired of seeing when BTN shows, you know, classic Nebraska games. They've got to go back to 2014 in the overtime win when DeMornay Pearson L put on his Superman cape and Kenny Bell made an incredible catch in overtime, a phenomenal comeback by Tommy Armstrong. That's your last win. You're working on six. You're working on a six-game losing streak. Your last win was against Northwestern in incredible fashion. And you've been in every single ball game, but unable to close it out or the other team makes one more play. That's the narrative. That's the storyline. You have the thank you seniors. You have the Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg opportunity. You have uh, kind of a wounded football team in Nebraska. Uh, We'll see how much... Uh, Damian Daniels can go today. We'll see how much Caleb Tanner can go today. Feldarius Payne is not playing. Adrian is out. No Ramir Johnson. JoJo Doman's been out. Uh, you have opportunity for guys to step up <clears throat> and do their job and do a, a job for the first time. So, uh, you know, how does Nebraska adjust and adapt offensively? And, you know, the guy I'm looking at today uh, is, is going to be uh, Jaquiz Yant. Uh, Quiz uh, is back in better graces, it sounds like, for Ron Brown on Wednesday night. Uh, I want to see him run the football. Uh, I want to see him play confident. Uh, I like uh, Scott, of course, uh, building off of what he did. Give me more Brody Belt, please. And let's see some option football. Let's see some quarterback run. That's why I'm thinking Logan Smothers 
can be uh, big time. And then Austin Allen, of course. Austin Allen, uh, Toure, uh, you have uh, the weapons in Betts and Manning. I think you're going to see quarterback run and a lot of play action today and quite a bit of option. The thing that concerns me, uh, and it's not just a Logan thing, uh, it's been a Nebraska thing with turnovers, right? You go minus two against Wisconsin. You had some back-breaking turnovers against Sparty. You've had some back-breaking turnovers against Michigan. Guess what Iowa does? And they do it better than about anybody. That's take the football away, 26 interceptions uh, for this secondary. Uh, a lot of takeaways. That has helped supplement a, a poor offense that no doubt will make a play or two against Nebraska. That's just the way things go. If Iowa's not supposed to be good on offense, you know they're going to hit you uh, with, a, with a big gain or two. So uh, that's just kind of the, the backdrop for me. But you're not asking Logan Smothers to be Adrian Martinez. You're asking Logan Smothers to not wreck the Porsche and uh, just hand off, make some easy throws, put him in position to succeed. I think, you know, the way Coach Frost has been with the offensive play calling, you look at Wisconsin – that's the way you would want to attack uh, Iowa today. That's not how you're going to be able to attack, at least as we're here at 9.15 this morning. I don't think that's how you're going to go about trying to attack Iowa just because you had a different quarterback and it's his first start. Yeah, and we had Scott Frost say on Wednesday uh, that he wasn't going to be changing up the offense, anything drastic for Logan Smothers. It was uh, finding the ways to, to complement his strong suits while still running the, the same Nebraska offense. Uh, my question is, is the, the most dangerous Nebraska has been uh, this year moving the ball has been through those you know those 25 to 30 yard passes from Adrian where he steps up in the pocket delivers a deep ball and hits either Austin Allen Samari Toure someone like that and it, it kind of gets the the drive jump start it gets you from your own 20 to midfield and boom you got a drive going that, that's my question is Logan Smothers able to accurately deliver those passes against an Iowa secondary that's been uh pretty tough this year in allowing those they have uh, safeties that range the middle of the field are pretty good at picking off passes that's why i was done this football season can nebraska generate explosive plays against this iowa defense because that's how nebraska's offense has moved the ball generally those long pass plays even uh, occasionally a few long run plays it's been the explosive plays can nebraska sustain a drive against this iowa defense without an explosive play or can logan smothers generate enough of those explosive plays to keep the ball moving that's so key, and that's how Nebraska's made a living. Uh, Seth, uh, owner here of the Bar the Bar, has his uh, vintage T-shirt on, broken out for every Black Friday game against Iowa. It said, Iowa is stupid. So uh, there's that shout-out. Uh, we're down here at the Bar, 16th and P. Pre-game, revenue up from uh, 9 to 11. Real Red Reaction follows uh, when we're uh, back at it after Nebraska beats Iowa today predictions on the way you know you look at this Iowa offense we'll get to Mark Cranach in about five minutes as he's on his way down with his little guy uh, there's going to be a lot of extra juice right uh, you know that a win of substance is also a, a storyline we've talked about for Nebraska getting a ranked pellet uh, or pelt on the wall would be good uh, your last kind of big win big name win Got to go back to 18 in the Snow Bowl against Sparty. But uh, weather should be pretty uh, pretty conducive for doing whatever you want on offense. Uh, so there's a definite recipe for the Nebraska offense. I think you hit on it. They're going to need to be able to put a 10, 12, 8-play drive together with some paper cuts, 
with some some chip away type plays versus the big shot. Uh, but don't kid yourself. I think off a of play action, they can find Austin or some of the receivers and get that done. Defensively, you've got Padilla, Padilla uh, that, that is settled in. Keegan Johnson will no doubt be featured because Co- Coach Kirk Ferentz loves to stick it to Nebraska with Nebraska kids. And Keegan's been an incredible player for Iowa. He's worked his way up as young as he is. But this Nebraska defense, the Garrett Nelsons, the, the Ben Stillies, uh, need to be stout like they have been all year against the run. Uh, Henrich and, and Reimer uh, are going to need to get downhill. And then Elijah, that, that vaunted play action that finds a tight end or a wide out has hurt a lot of Big Ten teams. That's what kind of jump-started Iowa on the road back against Penn State. It's kind of what broke things open against Minnesota in another another tough ball game. Iowa's gotten in their own way in a couple of their losses with five turnovers against Purdue. Uh, you look at the turnover numbers and where those turnovers happened on the road at, uh, against Wisconsin. So Iowa's not been as messy as Nebraska, but in their two losses this year, they, they've, they've been a, kind of a joke taking care of the football. So let's see if Nebraska can can do that to Iowa. It's always been Iowa making a play, getting a turnover, causing some sort of uh, you know debacle uh, towards the Nebraska offense. I think it's the Nebraska Blackshirts turn defensively to flip the script a bit here and do some takeaways. You remember two years ago in Nebraska's comeback attempt where uh, you had the, the tipped ball, the pick six by Cam Taylor Britt that got Nebraska on the board. They got the crowd juiced only to give up a kickoff return the next play. That's got to be nails today. Easier said than done for Nebraska with their special teams. I think the defense can clamp down against an offensive line that's growing. I think the Nebraska defense can try and keep Goodson in check. And I think Nebraska can get after Padilla uh, and, and kind of get on some of those Iowa wideouts. So I'm, I'm not expecting a high-scoring game today at all. And you hit on it perfectly. Uh, Nebraska's been generating about one turnover a game defensively. Um, But what's really surprising is they've only recovered two fumbles on the year, 10 interceptions for this Nebraska team. And we look at what Iowa's going to try to do. It's going to be a lot of ground and pound offense. And then uh, Padilla is going to be throwing the ball third and long uh, or or to keep Nebraska off balance. So I'm not sure if interceptions are going to be the way uh, that they're going to be able to generate turnovers because I don't know if they're going to be giving Padilla a whole bunch of tough throws that he's going to have to complete. I think they're going to try to be sticking to the ground game. Uh, But Along with that, along with generating turnovers, it's about field position today. Uh, if Nebraska can make Iowa drive 90 yards, almost the whole length of the field to go and score, I like Nebraska's odds in that scenario. It's if Logan Smoes throws an interception. It's if Yant puts the ball on the ground and gives Iowa a short field uh, that they're going to be really doing their damage. So what you're going to watch for, rather than, for me, Nebraska generating turnovers, it's Nebraska taking care of the ball. And if they punt at the 50, can they down that thing inside the 15-yard line? Can they make Iowa go the whole length of the field? Those have been the two bigger question marks, is can Nebraska take care of the ball and can Nebraska win field position battles? And in the true Big Ten sense, are they able to go and uh, and make Iowa drive the length of the field? Are they going to be going for it fourth and three uh, midfield because they don't trust their punter that that's what the question is for me today are they gonna be playing that field position or are they gonna be playing what we've seen this year from nebraska which is a little bit more aggressive uh and uh something that really whenever you see these late november big 10 games it's so crucial in in, uh winning the field position battles nebraska going to be trying to do that today that's how iowa's formula works defense 
in special teams and a turnover or two. A quick timeout. We're here at the bar, the bar, 16th and P, getting you going. Uh, plenty of ESPN koozies, T-shirts, stickers, Budweiser gear, and, of course, Bloody Marys. You need one to shake off that turkey. They are $4 specials. Elijah Herbal back in studio. Chris Schmidt on the road here at the bar. Pre-game, post-game, 16th and P. Uh, go get a bush light. Come see us ahead of Nebraska and Iowa. Mark Cranach next. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hail Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. And then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Back with your Roadshow Friday. It's Hale Varsity on the road here at The Bar, The Bar, ESPN Lincoln. Streaming on Facebook, ESPNLincoln.com and Twitter. Got a few Nebraska fans that are on one of the uh, what do you call them, Elijah? There's about seven seats. There's bicycle paddles and uh, one of those uh, yes. tour day the, uh, the, the group France tributes for alcohol. Yeah, the, the, the group therapy bike tours. Those are Yes, uh, those that's are what's going time. on. We've had some group therapy folks uh, roll in here. They are putting money in the machine. There's the, the boxing video game here where you can test your uh, your punch power. And uh, what's pretty good, it's what you saw in Rocky Four with Drago. There's a wind-up and swing. That's 7,000 pounds of punch by someone who played power forward. Uh, and was probably All-State for a girls' champion. Uh, folks are uh, getting drink specials, Bloody Mary's, $4. And no one does them better than the bar. Uh, they are tested and approved. Uh, Scotty has come down. Avid listener, what's going on, my man? Get yourself a koozie and a drink. No? One more time? You're feeding me. Scotty is going to feed me. God love him. Uh, do we have Cranach on the horn? Cranach, I've been rambling here, brother, and it's just been coffee, I promise you. How are you? I'm just listening to the play-by-play of you observing what's happening inside a bar called The Bar. The, you've been here with me. We, uh, we had a good have- old time here after the, uh, the last Black Friday heartbreak against Iowa in 19. I think, I think at least we had a good time. A couple years ago, yeah. Yes. It, it was a little while ago. It was pre-pandemic. <laughs> Pre is it. So you got the little one strapped in. You're making your roadie down uh, for a father-son outing. Nebraska, Iowa, Black Friday, 61 degrees. We give you credit for the weather. How are you feeling here on the Logan Smothers show? About to, about to go here in a couple, three hours. Intrigued. And I think, I think it does a couple of things for Nebraska. I think it takes, look, I, I don't know how much pressure I guess there would be for a team that is three and eight coming into this one and not going bowling and assured of a 
you know, assured of another losing season. I don't know how much pressure there totally was, but wherever there was, I think it's pretty much removed, right? Just because it's, look, it's Iowa. You definitely want to get the W, but now when you look at it, you got arguably your top defender in JoJo Doman out, if not Damian Daniels, who's questionable. Um, if not Caleb Tanner, who's questionable. If not Deontay Williams, who's questionable. So, like, you're talking about some pretty top-flight guys that you're already missing on defense. And then now you go over to offense, and Adrian Martinez has been the offense for, like, four years. <laughs> he's been the offense, and he's not a go today. So you're putting in a young guy who doesn't have a ton of experience, people don't know a ton about, against your rival at the end of a, a season that you're whimpering to the finish line to. So I'm intrigued by all that. How does how does Logan respond in that scenario? How does the team respond? How do the fans respond if he does well or does not do well? What what does that mean for you know? Because if he if he like pulls it off, you know, comes through, then of course everybody's like, well, why the hell wasn't he playing all year? So that more guy, right? Like it's I mean it's there's a lot of intrigue in this one, and I just I, I can't wait to watch him because. Look, he's a very different quarterback than Adrian, um, but he was recruited. He was identified really early by Nebraska and recruited by Nebraska for a reason. And so he'll get a chance to show his stuff today. Mark, we have a comment in here on the Facebook page from Nick. Uh, he seems to be an Iowa fan. He says uh, Iowa's going to take the Huskers to the woodshed. And he says even at 3-8, and eight, Husker fans are delirious. And when you take in all these factors, the injuries on defense, the fact Adrian Martinez isn't playing today, it's Logan Smothers' first start, are Husker fans delirious to think that they have a good shot to win this football game? No. <laughs> no, they're not because, look, Iowa's been really bad offensively this year too. And, it, yes, you're missing some guys defensively at Nebraska, but I, I think it's safe to say at least that for, for all his faults, what Coach Frost has done is he has fashioned a team to be able to at least stand in the ring and go toe-to-toe with teams like Iowa and Wisconsin. Is it good enough to win yet? No. But the blowout thing seems to, knock on wood, be over. Um, and so, it, right, it just, it, you, you, you're trotting out a team that's going to have enough six-year guys that, that are playing for pride, that are playing for maybe a slot in the senior bowl or in any of the postseason bowls or to be considered to be drafted. So I think you're going to have a team that's pretty motivated um, in Nebraska against a team that's not very good offensively. Um, the, the one kind of outlier here that is concerning, and it's concerning in every game, but especially today, is special teams. I was pretty damn good at it. Nebraska is historically horrible at it. <laughs> so that, that's the one part where you're just like, yeah, maybe we are delirious because I was going to dominate that facet, and that'll prove to be the difference. But, um, but maybe not, too. So we'll see. Mark Cranach uh, on the horn with us here. Hail Varsity Radio Friday special. From the bar, 16th and P, you're invited down. $4 Bloody Mary's, uh, plenty of bush light on hand. If you need some crown, they've got that for you as well. And God love Nick for chiming in about the, the delirious portion. You know, Nebraska's very uh, undermanned. Totally agree with you, Mark. But 41-7, to 7, Nick's prediction. When the hell's Iowa scored 41 this season? I'm just, I'm just asking yeah. that question. I mean, we can all take some happy pills this morning, I guess, is what we're, what we're getting at. So you see what from, from Yant today 
at running back? What's what's the rotation? Do you think Nebraska sticks with Belt and Scott and we see some more Yant? Or um, do you think they're, they're just going to kind of ease him in a little bit? Uh, he has not played in a while. When he has played, he's performed well, assuming he knows where to go. I have no doubt that the last two weeks with Ron Brown has helped uh, young Yant figure out where to run with the football. Uh, yeah, hopefully. It, <laughs> well, that's where the Smothers thing changes so much, too. Because you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think that they would just want Logan to be dropping back and throwing a whole bunch today. Right? Like, you would think that it's going to be a pretty ground-dominant type game. Um I think you'll continue to see a rotation at running back. I think Logan's going to be a part of the running attack. I think he's a he's a he's also a good runner, but a different kind of runner than Adrian. He's more of a dart. He's more of a point A to point B guy. Um, Iowa knows that, of course. <laughs> so it's not like you're going to catch him by surprise. But to try to figure out the running back rotation, really, in the last like pretty much since Ozigbo left. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> like, you, you just, like, you just don't know. For day, like, there's been, like, five guys, six guys that have taken snaps, like, meaningful snaps at the running back spot this year. Like, six. It's, like, that's a lot. It's a lot of human beings. And it, there's been every kind of combination of it. I think, I think it's safe to say Ramir is not going to go, right? That's kind of all the – that's kind of been that's the big the word is that he's not going. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I at least for me, out of the people I watched last week, yeah, Brody Belt actually looked pretty good, and so did so did Marvin Scott. I thought he hit the hole pretty well. Um, he hasn't played all year, you know. Yant, obviously, like you mentioned, he does produce when he gets in. He's a different kind of bat. He's he's Braylon Allen, right? Size wise. Um, so yeah, it, it, anybody's guess. I, I think all bets are off today. It, it really is nothing to lose. You have an entirely different guy running the, uh, at the quarterback position with a totally different skill set, totally different level of experience. You know, I I think we're going to see. Let uh, <laughs> just prepare to be surprised. Put it that way. Mark Cranex with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Mark, when you think about a late November game, especially against a team like Iowa, you know that. Uh, a big play in this game, a big factor, is going to come down to if you can generate turnovers in that field position. So I, I want to ask yeah. quickly about the special teams. Uh, you were feeling better about the Nebraska special teams. They found a field goal kicker maybe. It seemed like they could actually cover a punt, and then Wisconsin takes the opening kickoff back for a touchdown last week, and you go, oh, here we go. It's the same old story. I, I've seen this one before. So whenever you're, you're looking at this game here today against Iowa, a team that is usually built on playing clean football, having good special teams, are, are you confident that Nebraska's special teams is not going to be a liability today? No, <laughs> I am not confident whatsoever. Uh, no, no. Uh, there has been no reason for any confidence in the special teams unit at all outside of kicking the ball into the end zone most times. Like, what other unit do you feel awesome about? <laughs> you know, there's like, and even that got exposed, like you mentioned last week against Wisconsin. So, no, I don't feel great. I also don't like the fact that the kicker for Iowa is a Council Bluffs Lewis Central kid that's a senior. And Lewis Central is basically part of the, part of the Omaha Metro, right? Plenty of, plenty of Nebraska fans there. I'm sure he, whether or not he grew up rooting for them or not, he there's probably no love lost there and he's going to be motivated to play. I think that's another factor that we got to look at. 
I think Keegan Johnson is another factor that's, that's kind of like that, where you're going to have some guys with some extra motivation to come in and, and do well on the uh, on the Iowa side. But back to special teams, I also worry about Jones. I worry about the their returner, kid that transferred out of Buffalo, really good size, pretty aggressive. You know, he, he doesn't call a lot of fair catches, very adept punt and kick returner. Um, I was good in that department. They always are. They always are. And um, so, no, I have absolutely zero confidence whatsoever that Nebraska is just going to shut all that down and all of a sudden play the special teams game of their lives today uh, because it has come to bite them pretty much every game this year in some form or fashion that directly has led to giving up points or 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 not getting them. Well, well then, Mark, tell me, if, if Nebraska's special teams is a liability today, how, how do they win this football game? Whew. How do they <laughs> You're asking me <laughs> how does how does how does the team that is statistically Fair. provably the, the the three win the best three win team in the history of college football? That's not hyperbole. That's like there's data to back that up. And you're asking me how they get the W? <laughs> um, stop playing like that? <laughs> I don't <laughs> like they've been. No, I look. It sounds really basic and boring, but play. I, I think you need to kind of you need to take the air out of the ball. You need to burn some clock. You need to not get too infatuated just because it's open on paper. You need to not get too infatuated with having Logan throw deep and <clears throat> deep middle all the time. And you, I just don't. You cannot put him in a situation because that's a turnover happy defense. Also in Iowa, and they'll probably get one or two. So you can't put him in a position to where his confidence gets shattered, you know, in the first or second quarter. You got to kind of take care of him a little bit. You got to keep the ball on the ground. You got to play solid defense. You got to, for the love of God, not shank punts and cover punts. It's sort of like sound football. I think you'll get a chance to take some shots. I think they'll let Logan take some shots, but you better be really choosy with those, as opposed to like last week where it's kind of like they, they sort of led – Adrian let a rip all game. I don't think this is that kind of game. I think you got to play it a little more conservatively. Take your shots when you can. Keep it on the ground. Play good defense, and don't let your special teams just destroy you. Mark Cranack with us here, winding down this first hour. Gary Barnett in 25 minutes. We're here at the bar, 16th and P. The bar, the bar. Bloody Mary specials. You need one. To get uh, geared up, shake that turkey off. $4 Bloody Mary specials. Tweet of the day so far. It's a bad day to be a bush light in Lincoln, Nebraska. Folks are in here consuming. Cranach, uh, a thought here on two players. One may be gone forever. One is gone, and that is Cam Taylor Britt, the best corner at Nebraska since dot, 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 fill in the blank. And give me a thought as we close on Adrian's legacy if this is the last hurrah. For Cam Taylor Britt, I'd have to say best corner since. I think you go back to Dennard. Um, sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go back to Dennard. And the, and the thing I liked about him so much, and I think he embodies exactly what Travis Fisher has brought to the team, is that just competitive physical nature to the secondary. Like, did you ever worry about. Now, look, he, he threw a shoulder into Braylon Allen, and that allowed Allen to scamper, and then he chased him. Like,. It didn't always work, but I'm, did, did you ever think that he was scared to hit somebody? Never. 
Cam Taylor Britt, right? Like never, right? <laughs> and there was a time at Nebraska in the not so distant past where you did have to wonder about that. Like, does this guy even like to hit? Do they even like to tackle? Like, this is tackle football. Are you cool with collisions? You kind of have to be. Um, he brought in a certain mentality and attitude that I think permeated throughout the defense where, I mean, the dude was going to hit you. Did he always make the tackle? Not necessarily, but never played scared. Um, and really a plus athlete, too. I think he's going to test really well at the combine, and he might do really well for himself. And then you got Adrian, and, oh, man, he's such an enigma, isn't he? He's, he's, just, he's so hard to – it's so hard to pinpoint. Like, look, he's multiple games this year. He was the most talented, fastest player on the field. Multiple games in his career. Um, but, God, in the clutch, and it wasn't always his fault. It really wasn't because I think he's had really bad protection issues in front of him that has really affected everything that Nebraska wants to do. Their offensive line has just not been up to snuff, and he's played behind that line his whole career. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I, I'm – I'm really impressed by the guy that he is, by the uh, the responsibility that he takes. Um, you know, he doesn't run from it. He's, he faces the, the music every single time. He does it positively. Um, he put out put up some outstanding numbers and plays for Nebraska, but he couldn't do it all. And, you know, I think today we'll find out a lot today, right? We'll find out a lot today. Like, can the team without him rally – and do anything can they um and if they can well <laughs> you know that that's good for nebraska that, that shouldn't be an indictment on him because you know the kid played hard all the time you know he played injured all the time and you know he kept you in games that maybe you otherwise wouldn't have been in yeah. maybe today starts the shift of what you ask your quarterback to do uh long term for nebraska for frost for the offense for whoever the next oc is Adrian had to get it done if it was going to get done. Uh, and uh, through uh, no lack of effort, sometimes that happened, sometimes that didn't. But you need a little more balance here. We talk about balance on offense, rushing, passing, uh, balance on you know winning two-thirds of, of the, the football game in the phase, offense, defense, or special teams in offense, or whatever the case, to win a football game. Well, maybe you see... Uh, a bit of a shift where you ask your quarterback to do some big things, you ask your quarterback to make some plays, but it, the offense does not have to run through your quarterback. And uh, right. maybe that starts the shift today. It's worked when you've got a guy like Mariota and Milton, and it's worked uh, at times with, with Adrian, but you can't be so <laughs> so, so, so needy uh, with the quarterback because teams are going to take that guy away. It, right, that could be part of it. Um, you know, and pe- people—it's kind of funny the way people have talked about Logan Smothers and have reacted about him playing. Um, look, he's a talented kid. He's fast. He doesn't—he's mm-hmm. not a—he doesn't have a crazy lights-out arm. Um, but you kind of don't need Zach Taylor didn't either. Joe Gans didn't either. <laughs> You know, they really didn't. But well, does Milton come know, across as a guy with, with, a, with, a, with a gun for an arm? Yeah, right. Exactly. No. You just have to know where to throw it and win. <laughs> right? I'd say just. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy. But, like, that's the key. If you know where you're going with it and when and why, 
and you can deliver it with timing and all that, then you, you don't have to have a cannon. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if your arm strength isn't great. Now, it can affect you in, like it did Zach Taylor, tail end of the Oklahoma game Big 12 championship, where he just didn't have the arm strength to zip to get a ball where it needed to go in the end zone, got picked off, Nebraska lost the game. He just didn't have the arm strength to get it there. It'll cost you then, but we're not we're not in the Big Twelve Championship right now, <laughs> right? Like baby steps. You know, it, you know, it it wasn't a good enough arm for Zach Taylor to have him play in the league, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting W's against Purdue sometimes. Talking about getting W's Easy. against an Iowa team that has a horrible offense that can't score points. Like you just need to score like in the mid twenties. Is he good enough for that? I. I would hope so. With with the, just by virtue of being offered a scholarship to this place, you would hope he's good enough to get Nebraska into the mid twenties. And I think that's what it'll take. Mark Cranach, Mark Cranach. We'll see you here at the bar with the little guy afterwards. Cranach, uh, that's the invite. Uh, we're here at the bar. The bar, sixteenth and P pregame, postgame. Mark, safe travels down, brother. We'll see you soon. Thanks, man. All right, Chris, be good. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few minutes here, Casey Rogers with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. So uh, we're going to get to football in a minute, but sports uh, media major, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, in my senior year of uh, my sports media and communications major, uh, a couple more months until I'll have that degree and I'll be uh, out in the sports media world being a journalist. You're smiling about that a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm excited. It's, sports is something I've always loved. It's something I, I, I like to keep track of. And um, it's it's something that I, I can say I can go to work and enjoy doing, you know. So it's uh, I look forward to that. Yeah, my wife doesn't think I work, like ever, but. Uh, she's a nurse, so I, I, I kind of bow to that. But Casey, let's talk a little bit about um, Saturday, Wisconsin. Man, I thought the the defensive line had great push. I thought there was great penetration. I thought the D line really held up well against that offensive line. As, as you kind of put Saturday behind, how did you feel like you played and, and the rest of your group up front? Yeah, I'll start with uh, with the group. I think we did do a really good job. Uh, I think the plays they got were were little mistakes that could have been easily fixed or or avoided uh, it was more of a mistackling that really screwed us um, it was you know like I said little things I, I don't think that it was yeah like you said it wasn't it wasn't like
like they were getting pushed on us and, and blowing us off the ball. It was uh, it was a good battle up front, to say the least. Uh, personally, I think I played pretty well. A um, couple of plays I'd like to have back here and there, but you know, I can't think like that. So uh, uh, I'm excited, and I'm going to take that game and you know carry it over the next game and uh, you know top what I did that last week and, and do better this week. Tell me about your journey this year with um, injury, recovery, and then more and more time. You're getting more and more snaps, and obviously it's a luxury to have the depth you guys have, but also you want to be in there on some key downs. How's, uh, how's this year progressed for you? Yeah, obviously it started out pretty rough. Uh, an injury two weeks before the, our first game. Uh, had to really focus on you know getting myself back and uh, not missing too much of the season, uh, but also coming back at the right time for me. I didn't want to push myself too much, you know, to risk more of an injury. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a it was a process. You know, I worked a lot with the trainers. Had to, had to stay involved with uh, schemes and stuff like that because uh, as soon as I was cleared, I didn't know when I was going to be put on the field. Uh, I, I approached every game like I was starting, as I still do now. Uh, but I just really had to focus on you know the main thing is the main thing. I had to get myself back, get myself ready, and uh, make sure that when I'm out there, I can produce and you know, and be consistent. And, and uh, that was kind of the tough part at first. Was you know right when I got back, it was. It was uh, it was a little frustrating because you know I was rusty and you know, it was just I wasn't playing like I was before I got hurt, which was understandable. Uh, but as time went on, I got more and more comfortable with my leg, using my leg, and uh, got more used to wearing that brace. And, and now I feel back to full strength and, and back to where I was before I got hurt. And I just got to keep going with that. You know, there's one game left to, to show what I really have, and uh, I'm excited to be able to have that opportunity and go out there and put it all on the table. Interested to get your take mentally. Was there some trepidation about about trusting that leg versus the physical recovery? Yeah, I mean it was, uh, when I first got back it was a lot of subconscious things that I wasn't even aware of uh, and, I, and the only reason why I was able to see that what I was doing was because of watching film like, uh, for example, I, w- I would take on a double team and I wouldn't even put my leg on the ground and it would, I didn't know I was doing that but it was just my body's way of trying to protect myself when uh, I didn't even need to do it uh, but uh, you know and the only way to really get out of that is to just get more and more reps and you know, make yourself more and more comfortable on it uh, but yeah no mentally it's really frustrating because I mean I was having a really good fall camp uh, I was pushing for that starting spot and then and then I get hurt and then I come back and I'm not playing the same so that's automatically going to be really frustrating for anyone uh, to have that you know deficit in, in playing your playing ability uh, but just like any injury you got to overcome it you got to you know men- it's it's just as much of a mental battle as physical and uh, you know you just got to you know keep pushing and keep getting those reps in and, and trust that you know you don't come back as strong as you were before you got hurt you know uh, Iowa is at the end of the the slate here and uh, a tough season but what do you uh, think of this defense what's it like to have been a part of a defense like this that really uh, was pretty special uh, around Lincoln yeah I mean I I love the, I love playing with these guys these guys are, are my family and uh, I'm blessed to go out every game and, and practice and be able to play alongside all these guys uh, it's it's you know it's it's gonna be tough losing a lot of these guys next year but uh 
I'm really excited for the guys we have coming up and, and the guys who are staying. But uh, but yeah, no, this has been a special year defensively, and it's really unfortunate that we really weren't able to. You know, the record didn't really show that uh, because a lot of times you know, defenses like this will be forgotten because of the record. Uh, but within the program, this defense will not be forgotten. Uh, we know these guys were you know, some of the best players ever stepped foot here, and uh, unfortunately, that's not going to be shown. But uh, but yeah, it was a blessing to be able to play on, on, the, on the line with the with the with Stilly and Damien, all those guys. I mean, those guys have decisions to make too. But uh, but uh, even in the back end with a, with a lot of the DBs and linebackers, this was a really special group. Who are you closest with? I mean, who'd you come in with, and who have you been able to kind of bond with, uh, and then you know partner with uh, on that line of scrimmage? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I would say that I came in and I'm close with Tate Wilderman. Uh, he was in my recruiting class. Uh, both of us were D linemen when we first got here, and we kind of we lived together too, so uh, we naturally kind of bonded at first. Uh, but right now, I'd say you know the the thing is about the D line room, and what's so special about it is that we're all really close. Um, you can name any of the guys, and I'd go to bat. I'll, I'll jump from a train for a lot of those guys, all of them, to be honest. Uh, I think Damien and I have a special bond. Uh, one because you know I lived with his brother. I know his family pretty well, and uh, you know I get I get a lot of what he what he thinks, and and uh, we just have that connection. And uh, and then Stilly and I, you know, we, he's been here the whole time I've been here. He's kind of the last one that's like that. So you know, I've always looked up to Stilly, and uh, you know, he's kind of helped me get to where I needed to be too and uh, you know that'll be really sad when when he's not here next year uh, but you know I think he's done a really good job of helping me and Ty develop and, and, and we'll be able to take those ropes next year uh, as being the older guys and the, and the vets on the D-line and it, but but like I said earlier there's there's not a guy in that room that I wouldn't take a bullet for and uh, there's not a guy in that room I wouldn't sit down and watch football with any day of the week and uh, we're all really good for a family that's, that's what it is, is we're, we're a family and, and Coach T has done a great job of establishing that culture and that type of environment in that room. Uh, we love everyone in that room, so it's, it's a great time. Last thought, and, you know, Casey Rogers with us, uh, going to be one of the leaders uh, for Nebraska on the defensive line in the future and really great uh, overcoming injury this year, and, and he's made a, a lot of splash plays. Casey, a, a take on Iowa and Coach Chen and his background with Iowa. Uh, what would a win do for this team as you guys head off into uh, to the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a win here would do would do a lot. It would, uh, you know, it would set next year. It would set. Uh, it, would, it would already start next year on a good note. You know, coming off a win, especially versus Iowa, our rival. Uh, Coach Janander being from there, I think that's obviously a special game for him. He uh, being an alumni, but he wants to take them down too. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, uh, it would send up. And another thing, it would send the, the guys who've been here through it all, um, the, all the whole chain with. with Coach Frost and Coach Riley, uh, it would send those guys out on a high note, being not, being Iowa and getting that trophy back. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it would just it would do a lot of really good things, you know. And and we, we it's a trophy game, so you know, being able to bring that hardware back to Memorial Stadium is, is something that we talk about all the time. It's a it's the biggest game of the year right now, and uh, we're excited to be able to play it. Casey, good to spend time with you. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt. 
with Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. Ten issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it into Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Black Friday here at the bar. The bar, the bar, 16th and P. You know it, you love it. $4 Bloody Mary's going on. And uh, it is, well, apparently uh, Vegas has swung back the other way per Teddy Greenstein. It's now a pick em. Nebraska, Iowa, who is Gary Barnett picking? We'll find out here in a moment, as we welcome you into a special edition 9 to 11 uh, Hale Varsity Black Friday show ahead of Nebraska, Iowa. Real red reaction live here from the bar, 16th and P afterwards. A lot of bush light going on, and you know, uh, an uncharacteristic 62 degree uh, Friday post Thanksgiving weather forecast. We welcome in a Hall of Fame football coach with Colorado and Northwestern. He's in Utah as it's uh, the Buffs and the Utes a little bit later. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanks for the time. Uh, you know, it was good. Just, I wasn't able to be with family, but I was with uh, some guys I play golf with often enough to think we're family, so uh, it worked well. We had a good time. That is outstanding. A little golf for Coach on Turkey Day, and uh, that makes a lot of sense. Coach, uh, uh kind of a, a bittersweet day in Lincoln with a number of the super seniors moving on and uh, the question mark of Adrian Martinez will he be back it's, uh, it's sad that he will not get to play potentially a final game in Memorial Stadium I want to start there with uh, your thoughts on Adrian uh, his effort against Wisconsin and just if it is it for Adrian his career what you've seen out of him as, uh, as you know uh, he's one uh, of uh, very few that have had as many starts in his career. Yeah, you know, and I got to watch Adrian when he was a freshman uh, when Colorado played there, and I don't think I've seen that year a better potential superstar than Adrian Martinez. Is. You know, he had a great game against us. He got hurt a little bit, but uh, and he came back the next year and had a great game against us. And so it's, you know, I've watched him, of course, closely, and, and through our conversations here on, on the, the radio, you know, he, he's just been in, uh, not injury prone, excuse me, but interceptions prone. You know, when fumbles, he's turned the ball over. I mean, his numbers are tr- tremendous. I mean, look at last week, 23 for 35, 351 yards passing. But he had two interceptions in, in that game, and against a defense like that, that makes a difference. Just, you know, that offense, those offenses you're playing last week and this week are not great offenses, but when you turn the ball over, it doesn't make you do They become good offenses because they get the ball more and they get it in better locations. So 
um, you know, they got a much better chance by recovering a turnover and scoring than they do by pushing the ball all the way down the field. And But I, I think Adrian's been a, just a great player there, and I know there's a chance he can come back. Uh, I don't know what that does for your recruiting because uh, what happens generally is when you have someone who's an incumbent starter and has been there, it's hard to get somebody that wants to come in and sit behind him for a year because people just don't have that kind of patience anymore. But you know, he's been a great star. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sad for him that he can't play today. I, I think that would be the difference in this game. But, uh, you know, I guess we'll all wait and see if he's coming back. Gary Barnett's with us. Sale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday here at the bar. 16th and P. Coach, have you had to advise quarterbacks uh, in your career about leaving or staying? Or have you had to kind of re-recruit to get him back if they were a junior weighing on a decision? What's that like on your end here, talking to a kid if, if you're in Scott Frost's shoes? Well, I haven't had to do that. Um, I, I guess when Charles Johnson hung it up in, uh, after the 1990 championship game, he had a year left. And um, Charles sort of knew his role, and he was, a, he was a, a steady backup. But we had Cordell Stewart, we had Vance Joseph, we had... Darian Hagen coming back for a year, and so, um, you know, you never know what's going to happen, but Charles chose to just move on and take advantage of uh, all the things he'd accomplished that, that year, and there were a lot. I mean, he gets MVP of the national championship game. He goes on Jay Leno, you know, and his chances of playing the next year probably weren't very good, so, uh, you know, I, I just totally agreed with his decision there. And uh, but uh, the other guys, um, you know, I've had running backs that want to leave early, uh, and I've had to have a have a discussion with that. But not a quarterback. Joe uh, Joe Clatt uh, finishes career. Bobby Pesavento finishes career. Hagen finishes career. You know, the guys at Northwestern all finish their career. So I haven't had that issue. Gary Barnett's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and. Coach, there's something interesting today where it's it's Nebraska's senior day, but knowing Nebraska already uh, fired all their offensive assistants, plus the fact you have a, a backup quarterback playing today, you probably want to know what you have for the future, some of the younger guys. But on the other hand, as I said, it's senior day and it's a rivalry game against Iowa. Is that something you, you have to weigh, knowing, yeah, we want to see what we have for the future, but we also want to go win this game because it's a rivalry and it's senior day and we want to send these seniors out right? No, you, you go win the game. Everything, nothing else really counts. And uh, there's no way you're going to pass up an opportunity to win a game just to play some young kids. There's just, especially, I mean, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a couple guys out there, maybe you do. You're Ryan Day, but you know, you, you don't do that if you're Scott Frost. And you know, everything matters and everything counts. So uh, now you you go try to win the game, and you know that. You know, I think. You guys have got to, uh, the rest of the players have to understand that playing without Adrian, they're going to have to play better than they ever have to win this game. This is, this is a tough game, as you know, and I don't care if it's senior day or not. Senior day doesn't give you more points. All it does is get a little recognition for the fans for the game, and everybody applauds, and then you go get your brain speed in, or you beat somebody else's brain in. So, um, so now you don't ever pass up a win. There aren't enough of them. Gary Barnett's with us a few minutes. He is in Utah as uh, the Buffs and Utes set to go a little bit later today. Nebraska, Iowa, 1230. 
Coach Barnett, what's the game plan? Uh, if you're putting it together for Logan Smothers, haven't seen him a lot. He's poised. He's a, a potential gamer, tough kid, fast kid, uh, really good uh, family from Alabama. You've had a lot of games where you've had to play the backup that may not have a lot of live bullets. How are you easing him in, and what are you telling the rest of the team? Well, first of all, um, a player of his caliber in the position and in the school like Nebraska where he's in, he is a confident dude. He's not worried at all. And he's played with that confidence. It's got to be a little guarded uh, because this is a, you know, you want to win this game. But at the same time, uh, much like Elijah said, this, this is a guy that you want to see what he's going to be like going in the fall. But you're not going to judge it all by this game. Uh, you're going to want to win this game. You're going to let him play and do his stuff, ask him what his favorite plays are, ask him what he's most comfortable with, and play to that. Uh, and then call your game. So it's uh, you, you always want, you know, the player will always tell you what he's most comfortable with and the plays and the schemes that he's most comfortable with. And uh, I think the smart thing is uh, in a game like this would be a play to what his favorites are or what his comfort zone is. Coach, what are your impressions of Iowa? What do you think of the Hawkeyes this year? little help can get them to Indy at 10-2. and two. Uh, Wisconsin uh, takes on Minnesota later this weekend. But overall, what have you seen from the Hawkeyes? I know you, you saw them uh, with Northwestern. Well, you know what? When you, when you only put up 293 yards a game, uh, you know, and you rush for 115, I don't care how good your defense is, um, it, it's tough to win games. It's tough to, to go to win games beyond uh, just your league. You can figure out a way to win your league or, or play for your league, but after that, you're just, you, you know, you don't stand much of a chance. So, um, you know, they just don't have the offensive firepower they need to be a better team. They're probably as good a team as they could be right now, if not a little bit better. So, um, you, you know, I, I, I think you're going to you know that. So, uh, But I think it's going to be interesting, uh, like you said, playing against uh, the backup quarterback who's just aching to get a start and aching to play like the kid at Nebraska. So I, this is going to be a good game. I think this is going to be a heck of a game. And as long as you don't turn the ball over to them and give them a short field, I don't know if they can score. Coach, Iowa, though, there seem to be a team that's built for late November. They have a, a defense that likes to generate turnovers, and uh, they have an offense that likes to run the ball and, and get play action going. That seems like your, your classic Big Ten late November football team, but has the Big Ten moved past that, if you will, when you look at the, the teams at the top of the conference in Ohio State, uh, even uh, Michigan, uh, they, even though they like to run the ball, they still have more of a passing threat than this Iowa football team. So, so I guess, is this Iowa offense uh, not built for the, the future of the Big Ten? Are they not built for a, a team like Nebraska that, that doesn't look like your prototypical Big Ten team? I think they're just built for what they could do this year. I, I, I don't know that you're not trying to plug players into a, to a system. You know, you got to work around your players. And I think this is who they are this year. I don't think this is what they want to be. Other than the defensive side, they want to be a damn good defensive, damn good defensive team. And uh, sorry about that, but uh, uh, you know they wish they were moving the ball better. They wish they were doing some things, but they can't. 
and they're just stuck with it this year. I, you know, I think as soon as they can get beyond this and, and uh, be more productive offensively, that's where they want to be. Gary Barnett's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, we'll get you out of here in a couple of minutes, and thanks for taking time ahead of your broadcast between uh, Utah and Colorado. Did you like the Black Friday showdown, the matchup when you were at Colorado against Nebraska? I mean, yes, it's, it's Nebraska-Colorado, but did you like it at that point of the year when it was played? Absolutely. Every you know, Everybody I recruited um, – when I was the head coach at Colorado, I had all watched that game. And, you know, that, that's a game, and there's more of them today, but there weren't as many back then on Friday. And so everybody after Thanksgiving watched that football game. And uh, it was, you know, Texas played A&M, and we played Nebraska, and we alternated early game to late game every year. And it, People just got used to watching that series. So, yeah, I like it. Plus, we, you know, we had an extra week to prepare us in Nebraska for that game. So, we, we you know, we spent plenty of time trying to get a game plan ready, ready and practicing and all that sort of stuff. And usually whoever won that game was going to go into the Big Ten, Big uh, 12 championship the next week. So, yeah, I, I loved it. And you got an extra day to prepare if you did win. So, uh, no, loved everything about it. Loved the rivalry and loved the Friday game. But but, do you regret all the Black Friday deals you've missed out on in your lifetime? <laughs> I don't all, those, all those drivers and putters, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have any. Uh, I, I missed the ones I missed uh, out on the last 10 or 15 years, absolutely. The ones before that, I didn't know what I was missing. <laughs> That's a good question, Elijah. Do you do you regret spending the night at Best Buy trying to get that DVD player? Uh, Gary Barnett's with us uh, on Hale Varsity. Uh, okay, Coach, some rapid fire. Let's start off with uh, Oklahoma State, OU. Cowpokes minus four here. OU's trying to get back right for, for a rematch with them, uh, potentially in the Big 12 title game. You know, don't you love this team? I love this team every year. And uh, I think Oklahoma State wins it. It's, it's there. They just are too good defensively. OU is a little bit discombobulated, I think. Uh, I like Oklahoma State in this game. All right. Two of the, uh, the smartest men alive getting uh, a 10-year, $80 million extension in James Franklin. And... Mel Tucker getting uh, an extension for 9.5 a year at Sparty. We'll see if Michigan State stands up or fades. Uh, Penn State, I think, is favored in this thing by a point and a half. Who do you like? I don't know. They ought to name this, uh, what, $150 million men uh, game. Uh, <laughs> you know, I like Penn State in this game, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I just don't know. I'll tell you that running back. Is so good for Michigan State, but he did not play well last week. I think Penn State in this game, this is always a good fight, and plus I'm not picking Mel for anything. So there you go. <laughs> Coach, uh, the, the game, I, I kind of like me. I will call him for no, Absolutely. I mean, if you can go 8-4 and four and, and, and make 9.5, that's awesome, man. <laughs> um, the guy's yet to complete a winning season. 
<laughs> he, yeah, I know. Did, oh, well. did you see? Oh, well. Did you see Saban's rant at all when he was doing his radio show? No. Uh. Uh-uh. He went off on. I'll have to send it to you. But uh, what do you think here of Ohio State, Michigan? Is this the year for Harbaugh? Ohio State's favored by eight. No, it's not the year. I mean, Ohio State's got three 1,000-yard receivers, a 1,000-yard running back, and a 3,000-plus-yard passer. I, I, uh, I think they shored up their defense well enough. And even though Michigan was good defensively, I think Ohio State's still in this game, even though it's not Buffs and Utes, not asking you to pick, but uh, what's the feel going into kickoff today? Well, Josh, we're a little beat up. Uh, you know, we're missing some players. Uh, really young team going against the really good, the best team in this conference by far. Their numbers, you know, 84 tackles for a loss, 35 sacks. I mean, they're not just good defensively. They're good on offense. So this is going to be a really tough challenge. I think the Bucks are going to blow this game down and, and uh, you know, just, don't turn the ball. And they haven't been prone to turnovers, but Utah's gotten a lot of turnovers. So just don't turn the ball over. You know, rely on your punter to give them bad field position and then just try to hold on to, and get to the fourth quarter. I think that's the kind of game Colorado's going to have to play. Nebraska, Iowa, it's been swinging Iowa all sorts of everywhere. One and a half Iowa, one and a half Nebraska, eight, four and a half uh, Nebraska before Adrian's injury announcement. It's a pick 'em right now. What happens in Lincoln at twelve thirty, Coach Barnett? You know, I I have picked Iowa all week, but I, I'm starting to change my mind a little bit, and so uh, I, I think Nebraska finds out a, finds a way to win this game, and I I think they put play behind the young quarterback, and I think. If they don't turn the ball over, they win the game. So that's where I'm going with it. Oh, you're just saying that because you're on the uh, the Lincoln Sports Radio Show, huh? I I, I don't think Coach would pick <laughs> Iowa much, if no, ever, right? I mean, this has got to be a... Read the room. you got to learn to read the room. This has got to be a hard pick for you, though, between Nebraska and Iowa, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, no, I got over the Nebraska thing. I don't know if I ever got over the Iowa thing, so... I got you. Coach, enjoy your Friday. Have a great call. We'll we'll talk soon. Thanks for your time today. You guys have some fun, dude. Talk to you. We're going to. Got a bar room full of Husker fans and uh, a lot of bush light here, Coach. So it is what it is. <laughs> natty light, man. Oh, we can, get you in, you want, we can get you a Corona and a Natty light if you want. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll send it your way. If it's warm, we apologize. <laughs> All right, guys, Take care. There he is, Gary Barnett. Let me ask. Uh, let me ask here. Well, Seth is slinging beers. Seth and Gregor's the bar, the bar. They're incredible folks. Uh, they're having us out here. Uh, pre-game special, Hale Bar City, 9 to 11, 16th and P. It's beautiful outside. They've got an expansive beer garden. Uh, inside is cozy and wonderful. TVs are on. So, uh, hey, get down here for Nebraska, Iowa. I'll be there and, in about uh, We'll be uh, here for Real Red Reaction, the season finale roundtable. I got to ask Mrs. Gregers, do you guys have Natty Light? Do you have Natty Light? She's checking. It's okay. It's okay. So we're, we're working on that Natty Light, securing <laughs> a Natty Light in honor of Coach Barnett. 
Uh, Elijah, am I buying you Natty Light or Bush Light, or what are we doing later? Well, I, I mean, I'm going to be there in about 30 minutes. I'm not sure if you're still going to be there. But I'll <laughs> Elijah's be there in about making 30. a beeline down here. <laughs> That's pretty good. We'll do a quick timeout, and uh, Brandon Vogel with us from Hale Varsity. Don't forget the infamous Klausberg will join us. Ooh, no Natty Light, but that's okay. Coach Barnett was asking for a Natty Light. We have it on tap, but they said the line just spits out foam. Ah, okay, so it is on tap, but it just spits out foam. That'd be a nice Thanksgiving Day gift to send to Coach Barnett, just a, just a, just a, a pint of foam. A pint of foam. There we go. Brandon Vogel's on the way. Clausburn coming up with the forecast. We're here at the bar. It's Hale Varsity, uh, 9 to 11. 16th and P. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Working our way through pregame here at the bar, the bar, 16th and B. It's a Hale Varsity Roadshow Black Friday edition, 9 to 11. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to Gary Barnett for joining us from Ogden, Utah. Uh, coming up, Clausburn and his forecast. Uh, I just saw a pretty awesome picture of Coach McBride as he is uh, calling for a Husker victory today. He's got his black shirt on. But uh, his helmet was a little tiny, uh, so there's that. Check us out on Twitter. We're streaming live. ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle. Also, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook can send your comments, suggestions, all that good stuff uh, on and interact that way. Also on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Uh, it's uh, time to get in contact with uh, our dear friend and managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Find him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel. It is Black Friday, so be sure to check out the Hale Varsity Black Friday specials, uh, HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Also on Twitter at Hale Varsity. You can get that Husker fan in your life, the digital, the print, and all the amazing content that what a fantastic group of folks put together for you, uh, Husker Nation. Vogues, are, are you uh, out of the turkey coma, or did you ever find your way into one? Thanks for the time. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I did find my way into one. Um, we ended up eating pretty late in the day, so it <laughs> the traditional Thanksgiving nap just kind of blended into the, to, uh, bedtime, or not too far from it, so... But I'm feeling good today. It's good to have some football on. Um, and we'll see what happens. That's that's about right. My nap hit, hit about showtime yesterday. What would have been showtime, and I had a hard time getting to sleep last night, but it was a glorious nap when I woke up just in time for uh, overtime for Dallas and in uh, Vegas. So explain to me this. You're an incredible numbers guy. 
How is is Iowa nine and two, and how's Nebraska three and eight? Have you wrapped your head around this based on their statistics, their offense, uh, both offenses? This seems like a, a mirror issue, doesn't it? But man, you have two kind of anomalies set to clash at twelve thirty. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's an interesting question because, okay, you look at just the points, how we actually keep scoring these games, right? Um, and Iowa's kind of scoring differential on the season isn't drastically different than Nebraska's. It's about 20 or so points higher. Um, so why are they 9-2 and two and why is Nebraska 3-8? and eight? Well, Nebraska probably shouldn't be three and eight, but hey, you know, turnover margin hasn't been in their favor. Kind of, we've seen the high-profile, highly improbable, kind of just the wrong play at exactly the wrong moment, a fumble against Michigan, punt return against Michigan State, etc. Iowa is a team that classically doesn't do those things. Um, it's probably a team that, in terms of its play, might be closer to to a seven-win team right now or an eight-win team, but they're leading the country in interceptions and in the top five in overall takeaways. You add that to historically good field position for the Hawkeyes, and that's how you do it. That's how you exceed your kind of what your true value is by a game or two over the course of 11 or 12 games. You mentioned the, the field position that Iowa is so good at, uh, at generating good spots for, uh, for them to start their drives. And I think that's one of the keys for Nebraska if they want to win this game. It's to make Iowa drive the length of the field. But I, I want to get your take on this. If Nebraska is able to get the win today, I'm not sure you can call it an upset. It kind of feels like one with Iowa's record compared to Nebraska's record. But according to Vegas, it's not. Uh, but when you look at this game, how do you think Nebraska does indeed get it done against a, a stout Iowa defense and an Iowa offense that, while they're probably not going to uh, put up a lot of points on you, they are going to get it done when they have a short field? Yeah, it, it's going to be – they're going to have – Nebraska's offense is going to have to find a way, and I really think it's going to have to kind of find, engineer, scheme, whatever term you prefer, a way to do that. I think we'll – you know. Logan Smothers has got to be the quarterback majority of the game, which raises, you know, questions. We just haven't seen a ton of him. One answer I think it provides is you'll probably see more of the quarterback run game. You know, Nebraska with Adrian Martinez hasn't been in a position to just run him uh, as much as they probably would if he'd been fully healthy all year. So that could get interesting. I expect you'll see some of the option game, which we've seen Smothers handle pretty well in a small sample size. If, if Nebraska's able to, to kind of consistently move it, you know, four or five yards at a time, which is no far from the given against this Iowa defense, I think it's got a chance offensively. Um, defensively, Iowa's run game isn't, doesn't blow you out of the water from a, from a numbers perspective, but they stick with it. And they, they stick with it even when it looks like to everyone else, like, oh, this isn't, it's not really going anywhere. Uh, and hit play action off of it. So I think the quickest way for Nebraska to get in trouble defensively is to give up some big plays to an Iowa team that really likes to spread the ball around to its wide receivers. Brandon Vogels with his author, Dream Like a Champion with John Cook, Black Friday edition of Hale Varsity. Uh, shout out to our friend Scotty at Southwest, Southwest Pit Barbecue. Uh, Vogues and Elijah, I just had probably two dozen smoked wings delivered and sat in my lap by Scotty and they are wafting and it is quite incredible uh, here at the bar 16th and P 
So, uh, Vogues, are you doing wings today? We'll get back to football in a minute, or are you just taking a break from food? Uh, no, I already had Black Friday brunch, uh, using a bunch of leftovers and some Hawaiian rolls, and you just bake that whole thing until it's a big, melty mess. But uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> That'll sustain me through through at least this, the end of this football game. Might get me most of the way through volleyball, too. Yeah, Husker Volleyball in action on the road against Wisconsin. A 4.30 start. We'll get your take on Coach Cook's women here in a little bit. Vogues, uh, what's the ask today? Uh, we know the defense has got to be smart, tackle well, be physical, and and don't let a bad offense look like a good offense or be a better offense due to field position. But if you're co- Coach Frost, what's the ask today? What's the blueprint for Logan? Uh, I think you, I think you try to utilize his his running ability to the degree that you can. Um, and when it comes to the passing game, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see Nebraska because I think everyone kind of looks at Smothers and really just any young quarterback who's who's got some dual threat ability. You kind of just value their run more than their passing. But can Nebraska kind of loosen things up and uh, maybe get some early games with with the short to intermediate passes? Because the the one thing about this game is Iowa does so well defensively, kind of almost across the board, that their weaknesses are only relative weaknesses. So the big play passing game has been one for, for the Hawkeyes. Their explosive pass rate is about middle of the country. That comes with a lot of risk, too, because we know what the interception numbers are. So it's a little bit boom or bust with, with some of those deep balls. Nebraska's done a really, really good job help hitting on those this year. In fact, it's probably the best trait the offense has at this point. But do you want your first-time starter uh, out there? Last week, Nebraska got 42 yards on his first offensive play to Samori Turi. You could try that again. I'd be a little bit surprised, though. So I think they're going to have to kind of earn the right to take some of those shots downfield. Brandon Vogel's with us. Let's go to the running game. Over, under on Yant carries. I would say, let's say 12 and a half. I mean, they just, I know they came into the year wanting to. um, And I I think he'll be the first guy out out there you see today. Um, and maybe you could just go that way, but they, they just haven't done that very often. So I'll set it at 12 and a half, and I'll take the under by maybe a carrier or two. Now, Brandon, a, a different one for you, another, another prop for you. Does Logan Smothers have more completions or rushing attempts today? Ooh, that's a good one. I'll go with completion that's and that he probably needs to if nebraska's going to come away with a win and i think the only way you get to that is what we were talking about just a bit ago get him some some easy throws that he can make that he's confident in um and if you do that early uh it can kind of open things up a little bit for you rogues uh give me a prediction give me a score what happens I think you'll see it pretty – it's going to be a pretty uh, tight game, I think. Um, I, I do think Nebraska finds a way to, to hang in there, but it's just given – in perfect circumstances with a game that's projected to be this close, 
it's hard to pick against Iowa at this point. Um, they do all the little things that have consistently plagued Nebraska. Unfortunately, I think that probably unfolds again today. Uh, so I would say Iowa 24-21. Vogues, man, you're going with your head <laughs> versus your heart. <laughs> Uh, give me a take, brother, on, on Nebraska-Wisconsin. Big Red trying to get even and stay in the, the Big Ten race here for volleyball tonight. Tough ask. It, it is a tough ask, but I expect I expect the best of volleyball to respond. Like, I think you're going to see kind of a NCAA regional final type of match between these two teams. You know, Nebraska came in, or Wisconsin came to Nebraska and, and swept the Huskers, but those games were pretty tight and pretty back and forth. They Both teams obviously know what's at stake, but given the losing streak to Wisconsin, Nebraska might have a little chip on its shoulder. So I think we will be looking at kind of a five-set classic, and it could go either way. Vogues will be uh, reading the coverage with you and Jacob and the Hale Varsity team real quick. Uh, the Black Friday mother of all deals going on with Hale Varsity for all the exclusive content, the amazing content, man. What a, what a deal you guys have put together for Oscar Nation. Yeah, this is uh, the best deal we've ever run. And this is our 10th football season, uh, typically an annual subscription to, to Hale Varsity. And she's plus football yearbook and all of our premium content online, $29.99. For a limited time, we're offering that at $9.99. So if you uh, have thought about jumping in or have been in the past and want to get back now's the time to do it because uh, that deal won't be around forever gotta do it at brandon l vogel on twitter at hail varsity on twitter and hailvarsity.com vogues enjoy your black friday we'll get caught up uh, well tomorrow morning and uh, we'll see how this thing shakes out with nebraska iowa nebraska wisconsin volleyball thanks for the time today bud thanks enjoy those wings Will do. Uh, the wings have been commandeered. <laughs> They're back behind the bar. Elijah's shaking his head. Don't worry, we'll save some for you, big fella. They look delicious. No, they're great. Scotty uh, from uh, our, our friends just down the road. And Scotty's been at, like, I don't know how many live shows and uh, never, never fear, right? He's able to make it happen southwest uh, pit barbecue we're here at the bar uh here till 11 gonna be hanging out here before kickoff we'll be back here after kickoff with the real red reaction uh right after nebraska defeats iowa we'll get those picks in next with clausborn the friday forecast on the way with hail varsity at the bar 16th and bp 16th and p were presented by the nebraska lottery like what you hear High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing.
We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time ahead of Nebraska, Iowa here. It's Hale Varsity Black Friday edition, 9 to 11. At the bar, we're on location. Come by for $4 Bloody Marys. All the bush lights you want. And, of course, uh, whatever you're drinking, going to be a good day to sit out in the beer garden, enjoy the sunshine, the warm weather. And uh, Husker fans are out here in full force. Uh, Former Jamrog, he's now up at Midland University. Uh, it is good to see him again. He's uh, in the crowd. Wait, Jamrock? Uh, appreciate there? Seth and Greg having us out here. We're not done. Real Red Reaction, the roundtable season finale commences after Nebraska, Iowa. So you're invited out post game as well with ESPN Lincoln. We're streaming on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln. And of course, Facebook with ESPN Lincoln. Elijah Herbal. Uh, is wondering how many wings will be left by the time he gets down here. We welcome in. He's imaginary. He wears red. It is time for the Friday forecast on Hale Varsity. And uh, he's imaginary. He wears red. It is Clausburn. Claus, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanks for the time. Well, it was it was okay, as you might expect. Plenty of football, plenty of food, and uh, only had to kick one family member out for disagreeing with me politically. So I hope yours was <laughs> successful. It, it was all right. There was no uh, political talk at the uh, at Papa Al's. But uh, let's get to it. it it's going to be uh, a better day tomorrow. A few games today, uh, aside from Nebraska and Iowa. Let's start it off with the forecast and, and we're going to dive in right to the game ohio state michigan tomorrow minus eight harbaugh minus uh, i should say zero and five all time against uh the school up north we'll see how it shakes out best michigan team probably since that 2016 squad you have the defense you have the pressure and of course you have a stout running game if you're michigan I'm going to jump into this early and get lapped out of the bar room here at the bar. And I'm going to say Michigan wins outright at home. And Elijah's like, oh, I want to do another bet. Uh, minus eight. I Hold on. We're going to eat. Stop. Time out. We're going to, we're going to say Ohio State wins, but Michigan covers. I had to just do a quick 180 on that. That's chicken move. My fault. But I got to go with my, my head here. And uh, give me uh, an Ohio State win, 31 to, uh, we'll say, 27. Uh, Michigan doesn't get it done, but they put a scare into Ohio State. I think they'll get after uh, the Ohio State offense with Hutchinson off the edge, Ojabo as well. And I think the run game will be good. That can keep that offense on the sideline with Michigan bleeding some clock, but not enough Ohio State over Michigan, but the Wolverines cover. Elijah. I haven't seen you putting down any drinks, but I'm starting to wonder now. Whenever you no, pick the I'm Michigan just drinking outright, coffee. My word. Uh, this is going to be Ohio State's, uh, I, I think, final nail in the coffin. They're going to be a college football playoff team this year. Uh, I, I think Michigan probably keeps it close in the first half, but Ohio State, that offense, it's too good. They're going to pull away in the second half. Give me Ohio State 34, Michigan 17. Claus, what are you thinking here, bud? 
Well, I'm thinking Bob would be very proud of you for making that coffee. You claim you're drinking Irish, so good on you for that. But, you know, one of my favorite things about Michigan is the people from Michigan. You know, the lower peninsula looks like a mitten. And so if they're from, if you meet someone in the wild and they're from a town you've never heard of, they'll hold up their hand and point on their hand where that town is in Michigan. Now, Iowans would love to be able to do the same, but it's really hard to make your hand look like a toilet. So, <laughs> Jeez. They, they can't do it. But I agree with Elijah in this one. The happy Michigan folks will be sad after the game tomorrow. Ohio State wins 31 and Michigan 21. So the Ohio State cover and about a 10-point cushion for Ohio State. Let's head to Bedlam, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Cowpokes are hosting. They're minus four and a half or so. Elijah, what happens here? Do you like uh, Oklahoma or do you like Oklahoma State tomorrow? Oklahoma State, there's been a lot of momentum. This could be a playoff team. This could be a... Uh, a team that sneaks into that fourth spot, and I think Oklahoma is going to put that to rest. This is a good Oklahoma team, not in a great Oklahoma team, not the best we've seen, but they do still have a lot of talent. And I think they have more talent than this Oklahoma State team. So I have Oklahoma going and uh, winning Bedlam outright by a final score of 31 to 27. Oklahoma dashes Oklahoma State's playoff dreams, but I don't think they do enough to to put themselves in the conversation for that fourth spot either. I think you're going to get a rematch for sure in Jerry World. Baylor, though, has something to say as they're going to ink Aranda uh, pretty extensively. Uh, first things first, though, uh, give me Oklahoma State, and I just think their defense is too good. Oklahoma's offense has been really hit or miss, and and I think that's going to be the case. I mean, Oklahoma State's defense has been historically good, and from a number standpoint, they're a lot like the 9 Huskers. Uh, that That's at least what the numbers say. Uh, give me Oklahoma State uh, 31 and give me Oklahoma 20, the win, the cover for the Cowpokes. What do you think here, Clasburn, Oklahoma State or Oklahoma? Well, you boys know that if it weren't for Mike Gundy, Iowa would lead the nation in ugly, unironic mullets. So I'm sure they're really <laughs> pulling for Oklahoma in this one. But I'll take Oklahoma State 31 and Oklahoma 17. Let's move on. Penn State, Michigan State, James Franklin, a 10-year $80 million deal, a 10-year $9.5 million a year deal for Mel Tucker. And uh, you have Penn State favored minus one and a half as uh, Michigan State trying to avoid a November fade. I will go first here. You know what? I just think Penn State is, is just average. Right? They're okay. They're working on seven and five. Their coach is incredible. And I get a kick out of his uh, reason for hiring coaches. He'll hire guys based on how they marry. Do I have closers? And based on what your wife looks like, per James Franklin, that's, how, uh, that's part of the equation to make the hire. Uh, Mel Tucker and his running game with Walker, I think they bounce back. And I think they get the win. And I, I think it's going to be... Uh, a little bit uh, more Michigan State than Penn State. Give me Sparty, 28 to uh, to 24. Uh, the win, an outright win against Penn State. Give me Sparty. Elijah, what do you like? Yeah, this one feels to me, just from the outside, both these teams are good, not great. Uh, and you, you mentioned Michigan State's fade, but they've also played some really good teams here to finish the year. I think Penn State is probably the easiest of the last three they've played. 
Uh, so Michigan State, to me, it feels like a pick em, And I'll, I'm going to give Michigan State the edge because they're at home. Uh, I'll give, uh, let's see, I'll take Sparty 23-20 over Penn State. Uh, outright win for Michigan State as an underdog. Klaus, uh, where are you going here, Penn State or Michigan State? Well, you almost made me change my bit when you started talking about Penn State assistance, but I'm going to stick with what I had. And that is to point out that Michigan State is named the Spartans. And, of course, the Spartans are most famous for 300 of them standing up to defend their homeland from an invasion by the Persians. Now, I don't think if someone decided for some reason to invade Iowa, they would need 300 people. I'm sure the stench of pig feces would keep any invaders out. So they're probably lucky in that regard. I'll take Michigan State in this one, 34 and Penn State 21. There is Claus uh, with, with his pick. Let's get to Nebraska and Iowa. It is a coin flip. It is swayed to Iowa, back to Nebraska, back to Iowa. Now a pick em. And uh, it's going to be a gorgeous day in Lincoln. Will Nebraska send their seniors out the right way? Or is it more heartache and a six-game losing streak and then off to the offseason? remembering that lone win in a seven-game stretch against Northwestern. Elijah, what happens today? Believe it or not, I think I'm going to have to say, well, it depends. If we move back to Pickham, I go Nebraska. I think it's a very close game. Give me Nebraska 21, Iowa 20, and a thriller. If it's minus one, I guess that's a push, but I'm taking Nebraska to win 21-20 to 20 over Iowa today. Uh, they, they send the seniors off right. My uh, head is worn out. I make that my heart is worn one out over my head this morning. I think Iowa wins. The math just says Nebraska will turn it over. The math says that a freshman quarterback's going to have a tough time against this defense when he's limited, if he's limited, throwing the football. And uh, the special teams says that Iowa will start one to two drives at the 40 or better, if not in Nebraska territory. All that said, I'm going to go with sentimentality. I'm going to go with Nebraska. I want to see the Big Red find a way to get this thing done. 21-17 to send out the super seniors, to send out the fifth-year juniors, and to go win one for Adrian uh, in perhaps his last game, Nebraska, 21-17 over Iowa. Clodsburn, the floor is yours. What happens with Nebraska and Iowa today? Well, I want to take a quick minute and, and just say how thankful I am uh, for all the things that brought us here today, brought me where I am. And, of course, one of those would be the great Bob Devaney, who was a real gentleman, was a real real smart football coach and a really good friend. And when I think about him, I think about how much he loved to have a good time, whether it was at the Legion Club or just sitting at home watching comedy variety shows like the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. And I'm pretty excited that I'll get to relive some moments that I had with Bob this afternoon when a Smothers brother leads Nebraska to a hilarious victory over Iowa, 24-7. to Clausburn calling for the blowout. Clausburn calling for a, well, a score Nebraska fans love, 24-7. to uh, If you think back to Colorado and the 200th sellout in 94. Claus, I love it. We'll get caught up next week for the uh, the championship weekend. You have yourself a great Black Friday, okay? Okay. 
There he is, Clasburn, the Friday forecast. Big thanks to Elijah Herbal. Uh, Connor Clark in for the real, uh, for the postgame uh, Real Red Reaction. Live from the bar, we're down here at the bar. Got plenty of ESPN and Budweiser swag for you. Get yourself a bush line, get yourself a Corona, get yourself a $4 Bloody Mary. The Go Big Red Chance is starting. We'll see you down here at uh, the bar, the bar, 16th and P. Good times. Bye-bye, all. Thanks again. A Huda Media Production.